Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Today's episode is about when it's time to leave a church. Welcome back to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. Glad you're joining us today, and I'm always happy to be here with my buddy John. How you doing, man? Fantastic, Mark. You doing all right? Doing well. Yeah. So we have both moved to Colorado in the last year. Yep. We've survived a year. I, I came from Florida. You came from Springfield. I came from Missouri, but, you know, I really came from the Middle East. So, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that was just a short hiatus there in Missouri. So we both came from places with sand. Yours yep. was more white than mine was, but we both came from warmer climates to Colorado. It's definitely a shift, isn't it? It is. How, how do you do with the snow? Uh, I, I Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've gotten where I actually don't mind it too bad. I yeah. just, you know, I, my yard doesn't have to be mowed near as much here yeah. as it did, you know, in other places I've, like in Missouri. So I just think of it, my yard work is in the opposite season. So instead of mowing grass all the time, I'm shoveling or using my snowblower on snow. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in when I lived in Florida, I had a huge yard. Here, uh, maybe 500 square feet of yard. Uh, so it takes me about 10 minutes to mow my yard. Gotcha. But you're right. But the, you pay for it in the winter when you have to shovel the, the snow. So um, do, you ha- do you shovel or do you have a snowblower? I have I have a wife. Her name is Kristen. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we actually, and I will remind her to watch this episode. <laughs> no, you know, uh, one of the first things when I, when I first moved here, uh, we had some snow, and I went to uh, went to Home Depot, and the guy said, "Get a snowblower." Uh, or like just what you would use to blow leaves. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and that like actually works amazingly as long as it's not so, heavy snow. Yeah. If it's sure. real wet, then you have to shovel it. Yeah. But the, you know. So, anyways, it's great. I I actually I I don't mind driving in snow. Yeah. I've I've lived in you know up north a, a few times, so I'm pretty decent at driving in snow. That can be a challenge. Um, and I like the four seasons. And no, here, it's beautiful here. I don't know if you find find this here, but when it does get cold, it's maybe two or three days, and then it warms up, and then you kind of go on with your life. And yeah, it may be cold, but the sun it has an intensity that it doesn't feel near as cold as it. Yeah. You know, if it was thirty degrees where I came from in Missouri, man, you were cold because it was humid yeah. and it got in your bones. But here, it's more of a dry. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm loving it. I think you are too. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. All right, so today's topic is a pretty weighty one. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about how do you know when it's right to leave a church? Yeah. We all, both you and I have church ministries background. You, you know, I my serving in a local church was a long time ago, but then, of course, I spent years building the local church in many contexts. You've yeah. pastored, yeah. you know, you've been an associate pastor, you've been a youth pastor, and then you, of course, pioneered and planted a great church yeah. where you had people come. Um, and so we, we, we want to start by just saying we're committed to the local church, and we hope yeah. every listener of this show is too. Yeah, and you know, and I and one of the th- things that I've just experienced over the years is this time of year when January comes around. It's the time that people start evaluating uh, a lot of things in their sure. life. Makes sense. And we probably found more people that were kind of looking to go. Hey, you know, maybe I need to find a new church. 
you know, and it was this time of year, we would have a lot of new people that would come into the church, you know, at the first of the year. Some of that was just kind of going, hey, I need to to make some changes. And so knowing when to make those changes and should you make the change, I think that this is a really good subject for people that are listening. All right. We're probably just going to make it clear up front. I'm going to be interviewing you mostly today because, oh, okay. you know, yeah. I'll give a little bit of input along the way maybe, but, you know, you're, you've been a long-term pastor. I think you're really positioned yeah. to answer the, to, to speak to this issue. So just want to get like right down in the weeds here. What are the non-negotiables? Like if X is happening, you need to head for the door. Yeah, you know, it's really good, Mark. Uh, and, you know, along with being a pastor as a missionary, I, I think you would say this as well. You know, we itinerated. So I I would, you know, during itineration, I'd be at 125 to 150 churches exactly. a year. Sure. So you walk in and out of a lot of churches as a evangelist or missionary. And so, you know, finding a healthy church is a really important thing. The, the non-negotiables to me is the word. Mm. I can deal with a lot in the church, but the but but the preaching, teaching needs to be word based. Uh, I don't even mind like I, I can listen to somebody that's that's maybe a little more boring, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as you know big personality wise. But if the depth of the word is coming through, it is the word of God that keeps you and you feed off of and it helps you to grow. So one of the things that I think is the purity of God's word and the non-compromising power of God's word are really, that's probably the greatest non-negotiable that I would probably, if I was talking to people, if you're leaving the church, you go, what's what's the the greatest reason to do that is probably, uh, hey, the you know, is this a church that's built on the Word of God? Not just that I read out of the Bible every week. I think every church would do that. But is it really Word-based in, in the ministry that's happening? Yeah, I would add to that, and I couldn't agree more because, you know, we'll talk next week just as a, you know, heads up for everybody. We're going to talk yeah. next week about how do you pick a church? There you go. And, yep. you know, really on the other side of this, so because we're assuming if you're leaving one, you ought to be leaving yeah. for something. Um, but in that process, you know, so preaching is not, is it's for me, it's the number one thing. Yep. But the flip side of that same coin is not only the word preached, but the word lived. 100%. So, you know, I want to make sure that the people who are ministering to me every week yep. are living the word that they're preaching. So there's not moral compromise going on in leadership. There's not spiritual abuse taking place. Yeah. All the things that would line up with his word. Yep. So I, I know you agree with that too. It's both preach word and lived word. Yeah, that and when, when and that's I think that's the core of what I'm saying with the word is sure. like I can I can preach on grace. But then, how do I live by grace? Sure, that's a that's a really that's a really important thing. So making sure that that when you have a word based ministry, it's not just what you say in a pulpit, but when you live that way and you walk that way, and then you speak that way in the pulpit, it becomes a culture, and then you have a church a church that's a word based, that's living by God's word because Jesus Jesus is the living word. Absolutely. So when the church is based on the word. What you're going to see is the life of Christ is going to be portrayed. That's the that's the goal. Sure. Now, you've pastored for a number of years. I'm sure you saw some people leave 
the Springs Church. It's 100%, inevitable. Yeah. So what are some of the reasons people leave a church? And so maybe that are not the most the best reasons to leave a church. <laughs> well, you know, probably the greatest, um, the number one reason that you should not leave a church is is based on I don't feel like I'm connected to the to the pastor. Mm. And there would be a lot of people that'd be like, oh, the church is too large. Gotcha. Uh, I don't feel like I really know the pastor. Mm. Well, you 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 know, now at a smaller church, you may have that more intimate relationship. But churches should grow. And if the church is growing, that's a healthy sign. And it does mean that every relationship doesn't necessarily go back to the pastor. Mm. I think that if the pastor leads well and the staff leads well, now you have something that goes through the life of the church. So it really then then just going like I have to have dinner with the pastor, you know, once a month or I don't really feel connected to the church. I think that's unhealthy. Yes, for sure. And it puts so much pressure back on the pastor to have to be the do all and the be all for people. And if really, if the church is healthy, then the people in the church should be able to connect with each other, whether it's small groups or in ministries or outreaches. But the pastor cannot be the sole per like the pastor didn't shake my hand, so mm-hmm. I'm leaving the church. Or I don't really feel like I know, you know, the senior pastor. That's that's really not the best reason. Or the second thing is um, a lot of people will leave because they have a preference. Okay. Uh, well, the offering is taking here or there, or I don't like it if they do take an offering or they should take an offering. Those are just cultural ways in the church sure. of processes of doing things. I wouldn't get caught up in the details of how things operate. I would look more at the heart and the health of the church. I think that's far more important than how you do some sure. of the processes. All right. So here's a sticky one. What about worship styles? Yeah, that's good. That's good because I think the initial thing that we would all say is like the worship style shouldn't really matter. And I, I can agree with that to a point. Uh, I probably would would say and I would I would probably speak to that as well and say, I think that worship style can be important because it, it you know, that that may touch your heart in a specific way. Um, I know, you know, for me, I like a mixture of, you know, more contemporary things and I like having you know, hymns as well. Mm-hmm. And so, ha- you know, we kind of did that in our church where we had hymn nights and there'd be mm-hmm. times that we would work hymns into, um, you know, into our services because it was good to have the old and the new. Sure. That's something that I did personally because both of those connect with me. Um, so I, 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 w- I wouldn't go overboard on it has to be exactly my style. And I've said to older people in the church, like, Hey, if you want to have young people in the church, you don't want to just have a church that's, sure. you know, full of gray hairs. And I got them myself. Sure. But hey, you know, being in a church that has contemporary worship, it means that it's t- touching the culture. And to me, that's a healthy thing. Even if it's not my favorite style of worship, I know that it's, it's something that can um, really reach the culture that I live in. Mm-hmm. And as long as those songs are Christ-centered and they're about Jesus and they're not just um, what I call kind of cotton candy, mm-hmm. you know, ministry that's just the same words over and over and over sure. again a thousand times. You know, you want to have depth in what you're singing. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Absolutely. I think yeah. about those two words independently of one another, mm. worship and style. Mm. Worship is an absolute must. You know, that the church must be a worshipful yep. church. 
And then style is secondary. And style is like, you know, uh, you you know, get in your car and you, anybody who still listens to the radio, you know, you go through the, the radio stations, yeah. you, you hear different music genres or different music styles. Yeah. Some appeal to me, some don't. You know, I lived overseas <clears throat> for a lot of years. I speak another language. I went to church and I, I lived in the Middle East, spoke Arabic, go to a church where they sang Arabic songs I could sing those songs. I could read them when they put them up on the television. They still didn't touch my heart the yeah. same as worship in my mother tongue. Yeah, That didn't mean they were wrong. It just meant that culturally my heart was set toward a different channel, a different preference. And as you've said, preference is not the reason to leave the church. Yeah. Well, just to give you New Testament, you know, we'll just kind of insert the Bible here. You cannot find a place in the New Testament that Jesus got up. Hey, before we do the Sermon on the Mount, <laughs> we're going to strike up the band there. Uh, you know, you you don't have any of that. No, not at all. And so, uh, and I'm not saying that worship isn't important. I think it's very important. I love worship. I'm a worshiper. But I think that sometimes you can put so much focus on that. That uh, I, I'll tell you one thing that I love. I love churches where where the Holy Spirit is invited into the worship process. Mm. So it's not like, I mean, I started my, the first church I was a youth pastor at. Like the first week I was there, the pastor was like, okay, we have 12 minutes of worship, you know, <laughs> eight minutes of announcements. And it was, it was, it was just so stifling. Sure. So I, I like being at a church that has just let it, letting the Holy Spirit and letting Christ fill hearts and everything isn't so measured. You know, it's not so rigid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, makes sense. hundred percent. I know that this would never, ever happen, but I've heard that occasionally people leave church because they got offended at something. Yeah. Speak to that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I tried to do as a pastor is I would just preach that. And I would tell people like, hey, if I can talk you uh, into coming to our church, I'll say something that will talk you into leaving the church. Mm, that's good. And you should come to a church because you're called. But offense is something I, I just think as a believer, we should try the best that we can. This is a hard one. But to make ourselves unoffendable yeah. and especially over small things. You know, uh, somebody likes the carpet this color or the walls that color, or we were making the coffee and they asked me to do this coffee and I like that coffee. And those are things that are just a part of life and you have a preference. And I would just say to anybody that's watching, you have to get a little bit like the whole world doesn't revolve around your choices. And you're, you're, you know, pastors, I think there's so much pressure on pastors to have to try to please everybody Mm -hmm. and it's impossible to please everybody. So being flexible and making yourself unoffendable. Now, listen, that's different than if somebody is attacking your character or they're, you know, attacking you as a person or they're belittling you or offending you. Or not not accepting you because of your color. Oh, dear you Lord. Know, if somebody doesn't uh, accept you because of your color, where's the door at? Absolutely. I'm just saying that like yeah. that's a that's an out-of-bounds thing. Prejudice should never exist in the body of Christ. 100%. And not, listen, not just at a pulpit, 
but in the way that you treat and interact 100%. with people. You know, the church that we have in Jacksonville became very multi-ethnic, uh, multi-generational. I always multi-generational. Loved that about the Springs Church every time I would go. Yeah. But, you know, we never really set out and said we want to have a multi-ethnic church. We just loved everybody that walked through the doors. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody just fe- and And there was not this sense of here's the black people, here's the Hispanic people, here's the white people. It was just such a, a healthy mix of people. Because And, and one day we're going to get to heaven. And guess what? Yeah. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation. Yeah. So we better get used to it. Absolutely. And, uh, if, and if you're at a church and it doesn't reflect, doesn't necessarily mean that every, that every church has to be multi-ethnic. But, but dear Lord, every ethnic, every group, every yeah. age needs to be welcome into the church. And at least the heart of the church is not to exclude anybody or look down on anybody. Sure. You know, we one day I was in the church that Amy and I attend here in the area. And I looked around and I was like, man, there is not any color in this church. And it bothered me. Yeah. And then I thought about it and I went, well, the problem is there's no color in this town. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, and so it wasn't realistic for me to expect the church to reflect different, you know, to something that wasn't present in the community. Yeah. But what I f- did wrestle with would be, was what would this church's response be? Yeah. And it has never been anything other than welcoming to everybody yeah. that walked in the door. And so I think that's really important. It, I don't, I've, I've kind of observed that we live in a consumeristic society yeah. and sometimes people can take leaving a church a little too lightly. Yeah. What's your thoughts about that? It, it really can be. And, and Mark, this is what I find with people. If you don't really value what the ministry of a church is, then it's easy to, to just, we had people that would, you know, I've seen people just go from one church to another. Mm. We had somebody that came in and they, they wanted to be baptized. And so I started talking to them. We'll come to find out they'd been baptized five times <laughs> at five different churches. And it was, it was nearly like church membership was like getting baptized again. Sure. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> we just sit down and talk about, first of all, what baptism, baptism is, is sure. but, but also like, you know, the, the, you know, f- getting involved in the church and letting it be your foundation, your, everything is not going to be exactly what you want. But I think that if you have somebody that's leading the church that you can trust, that they love God and that they don't have agendas and they're not trying to make a name for themselves. It's not flash in the pan, but there's really a spiritual depth that's there. And you see the life of Christ in that. Listen, you have to be able to go. Everything is not going to flow and be exactly what I want it to be. So when you, when you are connected to that, that church family and you love it, it has to be, if it's not difficult for you to leave one church and go to another church, I would say you need to really take a deep look in your own heart because the problem may not be the church. Perhaps the problem is you. Yeah. And maybe you're not really putting yourself completely into that. Yeah, I would say that says more about the person than it yeah. does about the church. Yeah. You know, the other thing to keep in mind here, and how you would agree with this, is, you know, you and I are at a different stage in our lives, so we don't have young children. But when you uproot kids yeah. from a church, you yeah. know, you can really be doing some serious emotional, you know, it's damaging. It's it's hurtful yeah. for children if they're leaving their friends behind and that sort of thing. And so I th- think you really need to be careful about, you know, making sure you stick around as long as you can, 
you know, to develop because you're teaching your children patterns for the future. Yeah. And just to, you know, I, I know that's this isn't exactly what this show is about uh, uh, or this podcast, but I, I would say this. There's a lot of people that carry church hurt mm. and they go through, you know, offenses and hurt and broken. And then it really sticks with them for for years to come. And so one thing that I do think is important for a church is that it has those healthy connections. And if and if you're connected in a healthy way and it's just so easy for you to go from one place to another, um, I think that that's the difficulty and how it – like you're saying, it really affects your kids. I talked to a church planner uh, last week, and I was saying to him, hey, when you plan a church, the number one thing, you want to have a, a, a ministry to children that's healthy – because when parents come in, this is just for me, mm. uh, when when I was in, in that place, if if I was making a choice to go to a church and I love the church, but my children weren't being, you know, ministered to, to me, I would I would probably go to a church that I wasn't being ministered to maybe as well, but my mm. children were connected to because I I want to I want to see them you sure. know grow. And so that really is an important part that you cannot uh when you're making this decision of either finding a church or leaving a church, how does it affect your spouse? How does it affect your children? Mm. And you know, for a lot of us as, you know, you know, men that are leading in our families, you really need to take that into to Absolutely. account. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. All right, so last question. All right. Um let's assume we've we've done this inventory and we've realized there are some things that are not right here. Yeah. One of the things we've talked about are a combination of those things because right. they usually are in clusters. Yeah. You know, if, if the word's not being preached and lived, it's going to have other consequences, yeah. you know. So, but let's assume we've prayed, we've asked God for guidance, we're trying to put aside our preferences, and we feel like at the end of the day, I don't think this is a God. Christ-oriented, God-centered church that that I can be part of or should be part of. So I'm gonna leave. Yep. How do I leave well? That Mark, that is so good. I'm gonna tell you as a pastor, um, we had people that would leave the church well, and then I had people that left the church and they didn't leave well. Mm-hmm. It's really important how you go through that process. And the first thing I would say is communicate with your pastor mm-hmm. if that truly is your pastor, that means that that person has been there to feed and to minister into your life. And whether you agree with everything or you don't agree with everything, I, I would have either a conversation. If you can't, I, for the best way to do it is to go and meet face-to-face mm. and, and, and talk to the pastor. But if that's not possible, at least write a letter uh, something that's this that, that just brings some understanding, mm-hmm. and it, it's not that you shouldn't you know speak to the issues of why you're leaving, right. but I would also just say put things in context because you originally came to that church because there are things you loved about it. Mm-hmm. It's like people that go through divorce. Sure, like at one point they you love, love this person and yeah. you do anything. Sure, well now you go through a divorce. You know everything is not them. Right, some of that has has to be you. Right. 
And so I would just really say, make sure that you take an inventory and go, let me highlight the good things that I love Mm -hmm. about the church and the person. Because listen, pastors get wounded and discouraged and they feel like, hey, I've, I've, I've tried to minister to this family. And now here's a here's a great story. So there was a couple that I was uh, I, I did counseling with. They were ready to divorce. Well, they go through the counseling. God heals their marriage, and I mean, like they had a great change in, in their in their in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And so you know, about six months later, they came and they go, "Man, you know, we, our marriage is doing so great. Thank you, Pastor. You know, we just feel like we need a fresh start at another church." <laughs> and I was like. Man, <laughs> you know, not that everything's good, you know, and and I'm not saying it was necessarily a bad thing. You know, sure. our church grew and we had people that came and people that left. Of course. And it's just the way that churches go. So we bless them as they went. But it actually, one of the things that I did appreciate that at least they sat down mm-hmm. and reaffirmed the ministry and what God did in their life while they were at the church. And hey, and then we bless them to go on to the next place. But I think the way that you leave is really important. And if there is some type of, um, you know, division with you and the pastor or somebody in the church, you don't want to carry that into the next place. No, exactly. That's the baggage that you, you can't run from that needs to be healed. So if there is a point of contention, talk through it, minister through it. Get it solved. It may mean that you're you're not at the church anymore, but at least if you see them in the grocery store or something that happens, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to see them in heaven one day and have a love and appreciation for the people that you've done ministry. I think that that honors God, and I think it sets you up for when you go to the next place uh, that you're not carrying baggage with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's been great. Um, any last comments today for people that are considering leaving a church? Just asking you to put on the pastoral hat and maybe talk to them today. Yeah, I would. I would. One thing I would say, Mark, because uh, it is a it's a great, um, great question there. I think that having a dedication of going, I need to be in a healthy church. Mm-hmm. That has to be the starting point right. because I find a lot of people that leave a church and then they just either, you know, get some national TV preacher mm-hmm. and then that's that becomes their church. I don't know that that's the, the healthiest Because there's commu- community's not there. Yeah. Community's not there. Yeah. And you can do the best that you can at it. But it really, the most healthy thing that you can do is go, if God is leading me from this place to that place. Don't make it all about my uh, preferences. God, let let the Holy Spirit lead you and do it in a God-centered um, way that when you go to the next place, you can be that blessing mm-hmm. and maybe take the things that you've learned at the church that you're at. And that should help you when you go to the next place to help me be more uh, careful about how I, um, you know, how I choose that church mm. and how I walk through that process. But I'm dedicated to being a part of a family of believers and open the door. Like, because some people, you know, we had people that would leave the church and, you know, they'd get upset about something in the church mm. or somebody in the church and they'd be gone for six months and they would come back. But it would be hard for them to come back because they were trying to save face. Yeah, of course they knew they didn't leave well, so they were embarrassed. Right. And yeah. they're coming back and it's like, you know, pastor, you know, and and it would nearly it would be their pride thing or, mm-hmm. 
like being ashamed. Sure. And one thing I would say to people that came back, hey, no hard feelings. You come back. You just come in and love the church and be where God wants you to be. So I I don't also don't be afraid if you go out and you start searching for a church and go, hey, you know what? Actually, the place I came from was actually pretty amazing. Yeah. And I have friends there and and go back and then put your heart into it. But, but ha- the starting point has to be, I know that God wants me in a church that's flourishing and growing, uh, that I can be a blessing to other people and people can um, encourage and bless me. That's great. John, um, as we always wrap up our time together with praying, sure. would you pray for people today that are dealing with issues related to this? They need wisdom. They need guidance. Yep. You know, and so help them just through that process through your prayers. Yeah. You know, one one thing, uh, one group of people I'd like to pray for today is pastors and leaders. Uh, You may be watching today and you're a pastor. This can be an area of of real hurt. That is so good, John. I've been through that. Yeah. And you feel like you nearly take it personally Mm -hmm. when somebody leaves the church. And there may be be a pastor out there that goes, hey, you know, first of all, how can I, because we're going to talk a lot about this next week. Yeah. How can I have a church that's healthy that people won't want to leave sure. or they would not leave for spiritual reasons? That That's a really important thing. But the second thing is if people do leave and they leave for the wrong reasons, don't let me internalize that. Yes. And, and, and it can wound you deeply. Yeah. So I want to pray for pastors and leaders that may be watching. And I want to pray for individuals that God would give you a, a really a New Testament church heart and idea and understanding of what the church should be and what, what God has called you to do in that church. So, Lord, I pray today, God, Lord, for individuals that are uh, listening today, they're watching and, and they're saying, God, I want to be a part of a church family that's flourishing. God, I pray that you do a deep work in their heart. That God, that you would lead them to the right places. And if they're making the decision on whether I should leave a church or go to another church, God, I pray that you would give them a peace. God, I pray that you would direct them. God, I pray, Lord, it wouldn't be about blaming other people, but it would be about finding the journey and the path that you have. And Lord, help us to find good, healthy places, Lord, to put our roots into, to serve, and to love a community of believers. And God, I pray today for pastors and leaders that may, Lord, have have been going through some very difficult times, maybe through COVID or other things. Lord, maybe people have left the church. Maybe the church isn't as large as it used to be. And now they're at a place where they, they feel like you know, Lord, I've done something wrong, or they, they're internalizing those issues. Today, God, I pray that you would give us a God vision of how you love us, and uh, Lord, that we are declared righteous, and we're sons and daughters in your presence, and God encourage those pastors and leaders. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us in America healthy churches, Lord, that are growing and thriving and making disciples and having a great impact in the communities that we live in. And Lord, we're all Always be careful to give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us this week. As you've already heard, we're going to talk next week about how do we find a healthy church and what are the traits of one. So in the meantime, if you've enjoyed this content, please be sure to share it, to like it, to comment on it. When you do that, you help other people be able to find this content. And so we look forward to having you again next week when we talk about important issues here on Truth and Grace with John and Mark. Thanks so much for joining us. 
We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. As we start the new year, the Constituent Care Team here at World Challenge is here to pray for you. Give us a call at 1-833-WC-PRAISE. That's 1-833-927-7297. John and Mark will be back next week for a conversation on finding a good church. We'll see you then.